Hey guys, it's me Lex. Just popping in really quick. Um, you know, I'm not really great at intros or introductions at all. <laughs> and that's why I do this shit right here in the very beginning. But I love you guys. Thanks for coming once again. Or if you're new here, hey, what's up? Welcome to the journey back. And today we have my pops on. I'm very excited. He drops hella knowledge on y'all. Um, if you're a real one, you'll pick it up when he throws it down. <laughs> So, I love you. Thanks for tuning in and um, enjoy. Because at this point, I don't really have a lot to give you because I've been editing for seven hours. But it's all good on the hood. I do it for y'all. Okay, tune in. Love you. Bye. You know, having the dad that I had, you know, um, always made me wanted to make sure that I replicated, you know, to my own children the way he was to me. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've never really thought about, you know, who I am as a dad other than, you know, fulfilling my responsibilities. Um, having you at a young age um, where most people get nervous and scared, I, I just, I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I was kind of hype and I was very hyped that I had a girl first growing up in a house that was mainly boys. So, um why? Because you know, uh, my sister is 10 years younger than me. And so, you know, she was almost, you know, it was it was just different having, you know, a baby sister. And then I went off to college. So, uh, but yeah, just having knucklehead brothers. I just kind of wanted to change the pace. You know, you're my child. So, you know, I was going to give you the love, whether you was a boy or a girl. So, you know, I, yeah. I don't. What I did learn was patience with women as far as listening, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you were kind of ahead of your time when it came to uh, communicating. So uh, what do you mean? What does that mean? Meaning you were already, like, I couldn't talk to you like a five-year-old when you were five, you know, I had to talk to you pretty much like you were an adult and, uh, that's and interesting. You, well, you're always so intuitive as well. So, you know, I couldn't really lie to you. Sure. So because of that, I think our discussion started off a little mature early. Yeah. Um, and that's honestly, that's how my dad talked to me. Like my dad never talked to me like I was a kid. You know, his expectations of me were, you know, of a child. But as far as how he talked to me. It was yeah. always, you know, pretty clear and precise. And he always wanted me to feel like my words mattered. And to other, in order to do that, you kind of got to listen. And so, yeah. um, you know, and with the girl, you really have to listen. Like with your brothers, they do something stupid. I could just take off on them. <laughs> but, but with you, I couldn't really do that. I had to kind of listen, you know. Interesting. Guys, if you guys really want to know. Like, last year, my dad knows, like, I was really struggling with, um, like, a trait of being passive. And I feel like, you know, me and you talk, like, passive, I think, is a strength a lot of the time. But also, it can kick you in your ass if you don't speak up for yourself. And if you don't sometimes embrace conflict and disagreeing with someone and sticking up for yourself. About that situation, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of different things going on, especially when you talk about workplace, corporate America, retail, 
all of it are, is, is based upon superficial principles. So because of that, there's always rules of who you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to look, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately for you, you're the daughter of a Rastafarian hippie from the Bay Area. So that's <laughs> how we get down, you know, like it's just not. And, you know, for me, my mentality, you know, unfortunately came from the fact that, you know, my father got sick when I was 19. And when that happens, you kind of figure out real quick what's real and what's not. And, you know, I was able to find that out early. Now, being a black man in America, that's not always easy because we already are expected to assimilate in a lot of ways that, you know, are sometimes just uncomfortable to us culturally. Well, if you find a brother who's also, you know, has his college degree and is intelligent, you know, why can't he or she express themselves intellectually without having to worry about presenting themselves in a certain way the same way I feel like white people are allowed to express themselves without necessarily worrying about that you know right, we, right, right. But if we come up with it then it's kind of like ooh, ee, ooh. but when they yeah. come up with it it's like a great idea it's new it's you know and right, always right. having to battle that you know I've battled that as I don't know one out of 10 African-American soccer coaches in this country of always you know, having to look a certain way. And, you know, I even remember being at a licensing uh, clinic where I was wearing a Wonder Bread t-shirt and just shorts. <laughs> and they were like, dude, you can't look like that as a soccer coach. And I'm like, uh, I'm sure I can, considering we just went to the Final Four on the collegiate level. Like, <laughs> I'm sure I can look however I want to. And the point I made to him was, if my players are concerned with what I'm wearing, then I'm not doing my job as a coach. You right. know, like, I was just keeping it one hun, you know. Do I now somewhat make sure? Yeah, because that's all I own is soccer clothes. So, <laughs> you know, like, of course I can show up that way now, but when I was in my 20s and, you know, wore whatever I felt like wearing, you know, that always got presented to me because they wanted me to look a certain way. And my response would be, well, I care how my team looks on the field. That's what you need to be concerned with, not how I look on the sideline, because I got dreads, I got tattoos, I'm from California, so I'm not going to sound like I'm from the Midwest or act like that, and you're going to have to deal with it, you know, and so always having to face that, yeah, you you come up with this, you know what, I'm still going to be me, yeah. you know, and for me, I had to, I had to face that early, having a sick father and having to jump out there in the world and really figure out who, who you know, who I was. Um, but I still always believe that, you know, that, that question is forever an evolving question. You know, you should always be, you know, changing and morphing into something different than what you were on a positive level. Yeah. And a lot of people I know, uh, they do have like a lot of pressure from their parents to, to live up to this expectations of what their parents want them, you know, to be instead of just whatever is best for them and who they are as a person have to be thinking of the future world like what sense would it make for me to bring expectations upon you based upon the world i grew up in you know that's ridiculous like, yeah. 
You know, there was no internet, no cell all the technology, all the things that you guys have at your disposal, we didn't have. So what would what sense would it make for me to sit there and say, yeah, uh, I want you to do this, this and that when the, the job market now as far as, you know, the different types of jobs, it's way more expansive than what it was when I was growing up. You know, it's like you need to be a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, and then that was pretty much it, you know? Like, what you can do now and how you can, you know, make money is completely different. So to, to expect, you know, to have any kind of expectations on my children for how their lives are supposed to be, to me, it's just an, an ignorant way to begin as a parent. You know, like, it's your life. It's... You know, you are going to figure out what it is that you want to do. And you will hold yourself with the utmost and the highest expectations of, of getting your goals. My job as a parent is to make sure you cool and you make sure you could get there. And if you fall, I'm there, give you a blanket, make sure you get back up. It's not there to judge you for the decision that you make. That's just asinine to me. You know, that, that's not my job or my role as your parent. Yeah. I, my, you know, that's just not it. And, you know, I also knew my parents, not really my dad, but my mom would, you know, say, I want she to be this. And my dad would be like, she ain't never working a nine to five, you know, just because the <laughs> work wasn't the same. Like, yeah. you know, just he knew that. And so, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know what world you would be living in, but I just wanted to make sure I'd be there to give you what answers you needed. The only expectations I have for my kids is just to have manners. You know, that's it. Be nice and treat others fairly and if they don't treat you fairly just you know i got words for it you know we, we stay worse <laughs> behavior and then we turn around you know <laughs> everybody listening if you want to be great at anything alexi will tell you i listen to paris morton music number two all the <laughs> <Jesus> time christ <laughs> well the reason why and i've had to explain because i've had people ask me why i always play that song he talks about what his expectations are for himself and what other people's expectations are for him. And sometimes when you're trying to do something and be great at it and no one can see it and believe it, sometimes the best energy is to sit a room for the mirrors and stare at yourself because you understand what it is that you're trying to achieve. Not everyone is going to, and they're going, it's going to be negativity because they're not inside your energy. So they're not, they don't understand the growth and the, the things that are, you're pretty much relying on in this situation to achieve the goal, to magnify your life. So to get to that greater existence, sometimes you just got to look in the mirror at yourself, you know, and be, yeah. and be cool with it, you know, be, you know, almost relishing the fact that, you know, when no one else knows what's going on yeah I, I think a lesson that like something that you've always been along the way for to like help guide me into is like protecting my own energy but this last probably year year and a half is something that I think that you've helped me really like something just like clicked like especially like in the last six months for me I know and I've seen a change in myself I mean even with doing this like this is something that I have wanted to do but just like negative self-talk and just worries and doubts that like everyone fucking has but just in a sense of like fuck it do it you know what i mean like that's where you help me out just like lexi like fuck it just, just do it like who, who fucking cares in like retrospect of what you do like everyone's gonna judge you regardless so you might as well just do what makes 
you happy. And that's part of the whole thing of like me being myself, which is, I think the number one thing that you've always like supported me in and honestly set an example for is me just being myself. Like, and who gives a fuck who likes it or not? (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you like yourself, then, you know, like sometimes that sounds superficial, but it's like you, you gotta enjoy you, you know, like being, you know, introverted, people not understanding you is almost kind of like a blanket to protect you. Like, when people say they don't understand me, I'm kind of like, cool, that means I don't have to deal with any dumb questions. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's you know, and, and this is coming from an old man's perspective, but, you know, as you get older, it's it's just easier because your time on earth is limited. So, yeah, you know, it just, you stop dealing with certain things that, you maybe thought you had to deal with before yeah but you know it's just that's just not the case you know anymore so and and you with you you know I just didn't want you to be you know like me and be you know 44 45 years old just now starting a dream of yours like you know I've always wanted to have my own speed and agility company you know because it's I've been training athletes my whole life but yeah you know it was something that I finally was just like, yeah, do it. You know, I had help from Andy, you know, on a, on a lot of things that I've, you know, business-wise. That I've <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't deny having Miss Lewis there to help, you know, yeah. that, that's been good for me. But, I, you know, like, it's something like what I'm doing now, I could have done that when I was in my 20s. You know, I, I really could have. What I appreciated it and, you know, things like that, probably not. And that's the pre- reason why I probably didn't have it. Yeah, but you know, like I, I probably should have been coaching professional soccer, you know, at age thirty. But decisions I made, you know, based upon things that were going on with your grandparents, derailed me from that. But I still believe in myself to get back to a point to where you know I am where I am, and a lot of it, you know, happened with fighting. And I tell people a lot, fighting is what made it okay in my brain to be introverted because when people are like, why is he saying anything? Why is he talking? They're like, yeah, because he's got a fight coming up. Everybody's like, oh, okay, I understand. Going through that and being able to really focus on just fighting for a while and the discipline that came with it, you know, had I not gone through that, I would never be where I'm at right now. Yeah. MMA, you know, it changes people's lives, but it definitely changed mine. Like, there's no doubt. That's why I still train. That's why I'll never stop sparring and doing jits. And you know. what has been cool to like witness me, like, blossom into or like grow into? Because obviously, I'm different. I have grown. I'm 23. Like, I'm different. You know, than five five years ago or a year ago. Like, I'm a different person. Like, what is that like to like see me grow up? Well. <laughs> Um, and I don't even necessarily look at this from a, your dad, you, you know, standpoint of being your father, but in dealing with people from your generation, uh, so there's certain things and certain respects that you guys don't necessarily have, but you do. And just as a human on earth, seeing someone from your generation 
who still carried the soul of someone from my inner, from my generation is always refreshing. And I always brag upon that, you know, even, you know, even my friends, Jay and Robbie, they, when they hear somebody young say some shit, they're always just like, nah, I know somebody who's your age that doesn't think or act <laughs> anything like that, you know, like all the way to your music, you know, like there's very few people who could, you know, send me music and it's always on you and Nate, every time y'all send me something or Jay is, is banging. And I remember <laughs> telling Nate, That's I was like, up. man, you need, if you want a good playlist, man, my daughter, I listened to her one time when she was at soccer practice and her playlist was better than my playlist. I said, I stole a Yo, whole bunch of <laughs> I remember her. that. It, dude, our stories, so, our stories always go back to like a car ride. Because I remember we were on the way to like a competitive soccer fucking uh, practice and like Lee Summit, I think. And I was playing like Joey Badass, I think. And you're like, who is this? Like, this shit slaps. Like, it sounds like old, but I know it's not old. Like, who is this? Right. I like, uh, yes. I, see, I immediately sent that song to Nate. I was like, you would be proud of this. Your niece was lit. I had your niece was bumping this. And I <laughs> sent it to him because that, like, that type of genre is his music. And so he was like, oh, like, fell in love. We talk about Joey Badass all the time, you know. Um, He's an OG. Definitely OG, you know. Cut from the same as people who are cut from the same soul from where I come from. But like, that's that's the cool thing about you though. Like, you have such a range. Like, I feel like that's why I I have such a range in my music because in our four-hour car rides when Pops lived in Oklahoma and I lived in Kansas City, those four-hour car rides were popping. Like, the whole four hours. I don't know fucking how but they were and it was a range of shit what was that okay. that uk <laughs> pop star what's her name kylie mino yes oh my <laughs> god if you don't know who that is please look her up that shit was lit i was singing my ass off at the age of like six yeah you know once again, yeah okay so i i think both of us you had a dad that was a college coach when you were young. My dad was a college coach. You spend a lot of time in the car. Yeah. Going to games, tournaments, just or just traveling. Like, even when we used to go from Oklahoma to California, when my dad drove, I sat in the front seat with, with him. And, you know, like, my dad had a wide range of music as compared to my mom. When my mom was driving, he was going to hear the whispers and the temptations <laughs> and some Anita Baker, maybe a little Teddy, and then it ended there. Right. You know, with my dad, he like, you know, the police, Journey, you know, Toto, he liked a whole bunch of different types of music. He liked Huey Lewis in the news, you know, like, he loves, he loves ZZ Top. You know, like, it was just different. So being around him all the time, you know, I, I wasn't just explode, exposed to, quote, unquote, what this lady said in the Chris Rock movie. I don't just have Negro ears, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have good music ears. Yeah. And, and playing violin for as long as I played, you know. Yo, I always forget that. I always forget that because... You had a 
a scholarship though, right? Well, uh, we won nationals my junior year in high school. And when I went, when I went to Jewel for my, I was really on a combined recruiting trip. I was, I was there because I was being recruited for soccer and basketball. Um, But the basketball team was at the final four and the soccer coach was doing a sabbatical in like Central America. So they didn't know really what to do with me. So they were like, oh, just look at transcripts. And they were like, oh, you played a violin. So they sent me to the music department and they offered me a scholarship. They actually offered me more money than soccer. Yeah. And uh, so did a competitive speech and debate. <laughs> if I would have did both of those, I would have had way more scholarship money my freshman year. But, you know, I always wanted to be a college athlete. That was my dream. That was my goal. And I didn't, I had sacrificed a lot to get there. And then knowing that my parents would never really get to see me play because, you know, my brothers were still in high school and junior high and my dad was sick, so he couldn't drive. You know, I, I, you know, had a four year chip on my shoulder. So I never wanted to back down from that challenge. So I went all in with soccer as opposed to, you know, continuing on with the violin or, you know, doing competitive speech and debate. Now, my freshman year, I broke my ankle. So I actually got to help the competitive speech and debate team for a little bit. and Because they his up... teammate took him out. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Stratman. Yeah, but um, so I end up doing some competitive speech and debate. I never competed, but I helped other people compete and uh, we end up upsetting Emporia State who were the national champions the year before and then I got healed up and then I was going to red shirt but the coach was like no we want you to come with us to St. Louis and I was just like what on varsity <laughs> so <laughs> I hopped in the van and we went to St. Louis and what I didn't know at the time was the seniors had requested that the only freshmen that went were me, Jake, and Rich. And it was because it was homecoming weekend and they knew they could get us to drive one of the vans and they could go get beer and we wouldn't tell on them. So however it was, I got to go on my very first varsity <laughs> trip St. Louis, although I was a decoy for the seniors to buy beer, Jesus which is a... A very funny story because we had to stop like 15 times for everybody to get out and pee. <laughs> and then finally, Sounds about finally right. me and Jake are like, look, there's 11 Gatorade bottles on here. Use those. We're not stopping again. Oh, and me and Jake, are, we're God. freshmen. You know, we're both freshmen. We're like eight seniors in the back wasted. So, that's... um <laughs> So that's how I end up going with that and staying out of the music and competitive speech is because I had drunk homeboys that were cool on the soccer team. See, it's the vulnerability you got. It, it, it is. I feel and, like... you know, I was, I was a 17-year-old freshman, so, Jesus. you know, yeah, I was very young, and I did not want the seniors to not think I was cool, especially since they had just got me on the varsity to go to St. Louis. I always forget and, that you were 17. Yeah. I was a youngster. Yeah, very like baby. Have you always been uh confident? 
No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Really? No. Um That's crazy. Nah, like life for me has always been about sports. Yeah. And so Yes. <laughs> we know. <laughs> literally, no joke. Uh and academically when I was young. Yeah. But those those things were more about my parents and especially academically, you know, sure. like I went to school to play sports, but, you know, I didn't, my mom was who she was. So, um, I wanted to make her proud academically. When it came to sports, my confidence was always in the training. You know, it wasn't necessarily in myself, but in the fact that I knew my dad had put me through whatever I needed to go through to be successful. So my confidence was always in that. Yeah. And, not myself it it didn't even come into me until you know later you know and I got older and you know had you you know like I'm a better soccer player at 45 than I was at 25 you know like (laughs) um purely due to confidence uh wow so but no my confidence was always in the training you know it was always into that so and that's how my dad, you know, mentally prepared me in athletics was, you know, if you want to be the best, you have to put the work in. So, yeah, but you are consumed by it. You know, like you grew up on a soccer field because I was consumed with soccer. You know, I had William Jewell. We had the boys, we had the girls, and then we had, you know, Liberty Patriots, and then we had United. <laughs> Throwback. You know? Right, you know, we had, so I was soccer, 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 and then when you're coaching college, you got recruiting, you got scouting, you know, like, and for me, I loved it, because I got to be at the field all the time. I knew every single kid in Kansas City who played soccer, you know, like, it was the best life, you know, I got to wear Adidas track suits every single day. <laughs> 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 you know? Like, it, it was the best. Simpler and, times. You know, simpler times. Yeah, very, <laughs> a lot simpler. At least, you know, thinking about it now. Yeah. But, um, but it also can cause you to not want to be at home with your lady. And, or, you know. But now, I mean, okay, not even now. Like, the last, I don't know, maybe, like, four years. Like, I definitely go to you for any kind of relationship advice. I just think it's, like, who better than like a man to get advice about men you know what I mean I tell tell that to women all the time what are you asking for advice about a man from a woman for ask a man like you want to know about a man ask a man for real like that's the only way and you tell me straight up like that's the thing about you know my dad you guys like she's just honest like she's just honest not mean not like ever trying to hurt my feelings intentionally and he never does because then that's my dad but like yeah it'll just straight up be like no, he's being a player. Or, no, he's just young and doesn't know what he wants. Because I've been there. And I'm like, okay, cool. But that's realistic advice that I can actually, like, use. Women tend to emotionalize their feelings. So when you say something about what a guy has done to them, their response to you is going to be an emotional one and maybe not a logical and practical one, you know? Even the dirtiest dog is going to be honest with you and be like, yeah, now nah, he's cheating on your dumb ass, you know, but he ain't a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I used to do that, you know, like 
even a dumb fool will be honest. That's why I say at least go to a man and he would at least tell you that, you know. Here's the thing. Even if a man is lying about himself, he gonna be, he's going to be honest about other men, you know. Like, it's just something stupid that we do that isn't logical. But, <laughs> you know, it's just like the dude that hates on another dude to get his lady. You know what I'm saying? Even though he's just as shady as the other motherfucker. Dude, that's what does he do? That's Highlight all the fucked up shit about the dude. Get you to come through. And then when you figure out he's just as fucking shady. Dudes will do that all day long. You know, all day toxic. long. Just toxic. <laughs> all day long. Me? I don't. Nah, that's never been my thing. Like, I've... <laughs> I've never understood that, but you know, like I said, I'm cut from the Snoop Dogg cloth. So, oh God! Uh, what kind of person do you? What kind of person do you think I'm like gonna end up with? Or do you even think about that? I feel like I feel like if I had a kid, I would. I would. Uh, I might think about it, especially you know. You know, I get asked that a lot. Really about me? I, yeah, but I don't. You know, like I know who I am. So, you know, I don't worry about who you're with. No, 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 no. You never know? worry. Because... You never worry about it. No. But just like, are you curious? You're like the type of motherfucker that I will end up being with. No, no, not really. You know, like, I I look forward, more forward to, like, being a grandfather and, and you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, like, who you choose is who you choose. You know, I'd be goddamn if anybody said anything about who I'm with, you know, like, <laughs> and I've always been that way, you know, and that's probably comes more from my mama. Yeah. Which, you know, but like, nobody heard to be with my dad. She said, fuck all that. You know me. So, I'm like, um, I'm very picky. I'm like, yeah, people I mean, have like, to know how to move around me, to be completely honest with you. When a lot of people don't know how to move around me, a lot of people don't know how to like step up to the table of like what has to go down, the kind of behavior that you have to exert with me but that's also a, a growing thing a learning thing I haven't always been like I know exactly what I want and if you're not at this standard then fuck you like haven't, haven't always been that way you guys <laughs> well love is the unexplainable so you know when there's times when people ask you why do you love them and you're just like I don't know <laughs> Because it's unexplainable. If you can sit there and name the reasons why you love someone, then, you know, that's superficial. Like, when you're in love with someone, it's gut-wrenching. You don't know why. They do dumb shit. You're still like, I love it. I don't care. I still want to be with them. Like, it's it's unexplainable. So, you know, like, to sit here and be curious? No, nah, not really. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I think there'll be certain parameters. Like, you know, like, I don't think you ain't going to... I don't I don't think you will be with anyone who doesn't understand the value of who you are, you know, yeah. and I think anybody who you're with will know if they don't appreciate the value of who you're with, then I'll beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> I have a different pressure in the world. So not that it's worse than women. It's just different. Because of that, you know, everything has to be a logical plane for us. When it's not, it causes stir crazy. 
women tend to deal with that a little bit better because you don't give a fuck about the logical plane so much. You know, you can emotionalize something to make it logical for yourselves. Mm-hmm. So you can work through that sometimes. Yeah. But to relationships, you're dealing with both of those energies between two people. So if you haven't figured out how you're going to deal with it in the world, there's no way in hell you can deal with it with a person that you love or you think that you love. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to deal with it with everybody else before you can come home and know that, yeah, I can deal with the emotionalities of my woman because I deal with it every day at work. You know, like, you know, things like that. You got to you got to live through life and, and get through to understand and appreciating what a woman brings to the table sometimes requires us to fuck up a few times. So mm-hmm. that's why it's true. It's not that a man is necessarily a bad man. It's just, we got to fuck up some in relationships because understanding the emotionality of how women work is sometimes emotionally draining. And when men cheat is usually because they can go do something where the emotion isn't there. They just won't to do something basic, you know, not realizing, okay, if I do that, now I got to go deal with some more emotionalities because now you just cheated on her and now she's about to come at you, you know? <laughs> yeah. We don't think about, we don't get that far in our logic. We get, goddamn, I don't want to deal with her. She said I can come see her and I don't have to deal with that. I'm on my way. The whole process doesn't, you know, come to you until you're old and you're laying in somebody's bed that you don't want to be in. You're like, damn, I could just slept in my own shit tonight. <laughs> you know, and I ain't coming back over here. And then, you know, the next time she's calls, you think about that. Like, nah, I'm sleeping in my own shit. I'm cool. Yeah. You know? do you, do you so that it takes some time to get. That's asking. Do you think like timing is a thing? Like, do you think that's like an important factor? Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. With, in, with any energy, timing is crucial sure you like the one thing you are is like me you're open to all energies for sure so because of that people are drawn to us because no matter how fucked up their energy is we tend to try to find a way to deal with it you know okay what's your issue let's try to talk it out let's work it out that's kind of how we roll you know so you just gotta understand Finding a man that is confident enough to accept that about you is going to, you know, be one of the parameters of a dude that you'll be with, you know, because he's going to have to accept that about you because that you were that way across the board. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't switch up, especially where I'm at right right now. Like, I'm just in a really good place, like, with who I am. And obviously, like, there's shit that I'm not satisfied with. But that doesn't make me any less grateful of, like, how far I've come so far. And, you know, when I was younger, people not understanding me, especially men, and, you know, seeing it as a sign of, like, rejection instead of seeing it as a sign of, like, okay, so it's not that. (laughs) You don't want that in, like, you know, your future lover or partner or whatever, like, it's all a learning process. So, like, any interaction I have with anyone on any kind of romantic basis is always just, like, cool. Like, I'm glad that we got to share that time together. I'm glad that, like, I felt comfortable enough to show you some kind of part of me, right? And hopefully you learned something and, you know, maybe it didn't work out right now. And who knows what could happen later? I don't know. But now I'm just, I'm not as bitter, like, about shit not working out because it's, like, that's that's life, and also, 
you know, my number one priority in life isn't to like be someone's lover. It's to just be somebody. As we say in the Rastafarian faith, it's the I and I, the I and I. And so to be able to understand that means that you will be yourself no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what you're faced with, you will always be you because you have the I and I. You know you are connected to your soul. That is difficult for humans to do. Yeah. You know, that's very difficult. And especially in a capitalistic country like America. Yeah. Where you gotta chase the dollar. Yeah. You know, like as much as I am a Rasta, as much as I could give a shit less about money. I still got to make sure that my family's taken care of. I still got to make sure that y'all don't have to worry about money. You know, like just because I don't care about it doesn't mean that y'all don't need it to survive. You know me. Sure. Well, I'll probably yeah. always drive a beat up car with some tape on the window, no matter how much money I have. That will <laughs> always be. I will always dress from thrift stores, no matter how much money I have. But that don't mean that my children and my grandchildren have to live like that. They might want some nice shit. They may not be Rastafarians, you know? So I have to live my life encompassing the whole view of the world in the children that come from my tribe and how they will live in it. So, yeah. You know. And like going back to like seeing you grow into the person that you are now, like that honestly helps me like not resent other people when they're going through shit and like you know say someone's like oh no like I'm not trying to be with you like that I don't take it as oh there's something wrong with me I'm just like okay like that's where you're at in your life part of me not being bitter that uh, like I'm not dating anyone and I'm totally okay with that is like what I really value in life like is my family and like you Andy my brothers my sister like I want to make sure that they have the space when they're older and even now that like they can come back to and like they can be safe and they can have you know all these experiences in their life that maybe one I didn't get to have or maybe there are experiences that I did get to have when growing up and I just think it's important to just like protect the youth and like they're going to be controlling the world one day so like and I'm just traditional in the sense of, like, my family's my everything. And, like, y'all keep me going. And you guys are a part of me. And I don't think – I think a lot of people do know that. But it's, like, to the extent that, like, I am a really, really loyal person. So when you fuck with my loyalty, I'm like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> I know who I am. And I know it's okay. And I know I accept my flaws and, like, what I don't bring to the table. But I also understand what I, I do bring to the table. And I feel like it just dismisses just bullshit that, you know, holds you down, weighs you down, distracts you from just, like, being you, like, on your fucking path in life. And I think me being confident as well as, like, in who I am has also, like, let me forgive a lot of people for shit that even happened a long time ago, like, not even in my adulthood. And then also in my adulthood, like, currently, like, people who have hurt me, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm still dope. And, like, you hurting me doesn't define who I am, doesn't change who I am. I'm still me. And just because, like, we have different priorities and we value different things and you take in different shit than I do, like, 
it's okay. I don't hate you. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to say that like, oh, it's a loss for you. It's like, no, that's just life. It's not always meant to be. We could have been born in the Congo. We could have been born in Haiti. We could have been born in a lot less fortunate situation. We are blessed to be born where we are. If you can swallow that then you can get over any kind of bullshit that goes on in your head because life is not about what goes on just in your head. You know, life is about what goes on everywhere because the energies are all intertwined. So you have to understand your place on earth and your energy has to be one that's driving positivity because there isn't butterflies and roses everywhere. That just isn't life. Okay, you guys, it's me. It's Lexa. I'm back again. That is the end of the podcast, and I'm so lucky that I got to have my father on. He's my rock. He's my world. He's my everything. That guy is just, he's just the best. Like, clearly, he dropped Halifax in that. And hopefully he'll be on again soon, like he said that he would be. So DM me, contact me in some kind of way if you uh, if you got anything at all from this podcast. And I would love to hear about it. I really would. Like, that's the best part, is actually just connecting with you guys after the fact. Um... So yeah, but I'll see you guys next time. Because I've been editing for like seven hours and my brain is truly now mush. But I'll see you guys later. I love you so much. Have a whimsical, magical, daring, exciting, loving week. (laughs) And yeah, I'll see you guys next time on the journey back. Deuces. Deuces.